Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Smith Wigglesworth shared an example of how our God is gracious and how he loves to show his mercy to the vilest and worst of men. Smith went on to say that there was a notable character in the town in which Smith lived who was known as the worst man around. He was so vile and his language was so horrible that even the wicked men of the town couldn't stand it. In England, in Smith's day, they had what was known as the public hangman who had to perform all the executions. This particular man held that appointment and he told Wigglesworth later that he believed that when he performed the execution of men who had committed murder, that the demon power that was in them would come upon him and in consequence, he was possessed with a legion of demons. His life was so miserable that he determined to make an end of it. He went down to a certain depot and purchased a ticket. The English trains were much different in those days than the American trains. In every coach, there was a number of small compartments, and it was easy for anyone who wanted to commit suicide to open the door of his compartment and throw himself out of the train. This man purposed to throw himself out of the train in a certain tunnel, just as the train coming from the opposite direction would be about to dash past. And he thought this would be a quick end of his life. Well, there just happened to be a young man at the depot that night who had been saved the night before in one of Smith's meetings. He was all on fire to get others saved and purposed in his heart that every day he would get somebody saved. He saw this dejected hangman and began to speak to him about his soul. He brought him down to Smith's mission and there that man came under a mighty conviction of sin. For two and a half hours, he was literally sweating under the conviction and under the power of the Spirit of God. And you could see a vapor rising up from him. At the end of that two and a half hours, he was graciously saved. Smith prayed, Lord, what do I do? The Lord said, don't leave him, go home with him. Smith went to his house. When the man saw his wife, he said, God saved me. The wife broke down, and she too was graciously saved. Smith said there was a difference in that home. He said even the cat could tell the difference. There were two sons in that house, and one of them said to his mother, Mother, what's up in our house? It's like it's never been before. It's so peaceful. What is it? She told him, Father has been saved. The other son was struck with the same idea. Smith took this man to many special services, and the power of God was on him for many days. He would give his testimony, and as he grew in grace, he desired to preach the gospel. He became an evangelist, and hundreds and hundreds were brought to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through that man's ministry. Amen. Listen, listen. Wigglesworth said, the grace of God is sufficient for the vilest 
And God can take the most wicked of men and make them monuments of his grace. He said this with Saul of Tarsus at the very time he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And he did it here with Barry the hangman. And he will do it for anyone, for hundreds, in response to our prayers. I have a perfect song for this. We're going to have Terry Brown sing What the Cross is For. Is your mind confused and cluttered? Life has you back against the wall. Mercy's been there in the shadows. Your heart won't let him in at all. There's a cross of pain where Jesus bore the burden of your sin. A place where dying deep inside, new life wells up again. He in that cold and lonely place mind is filled with such despair pain is etched upon your face listen child the answer is the cross you'll find Jesus there it's true oh I too was lost I've been set free he'll do the same for that we can see, open our heart like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. 
And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share a story with you that I think will help a lot of you. Back in 1980, I had just gotten a job as a teacher. And I was one of the fortunate ones in Ohio to get a job. I was working very hard. At the same time, I was dating an individual for a while. We would meet on the weekends because I was too busy during the week with my teaching job. During the week, he called me and he said, Kathy, I can't do anything this weekend because I have to go out of town on business. He said, I'll be leaving Friday and I won't be back until Sunday evening, late. I said, no problem. We didn't have any real commitment between us, so of course there was no problem. I took advantage, though, because I knew my parents were on my way on Saturday to visit my grandparents, and I hadn't seen them for a while. So I called my parents and I asked, I said, can I go with you? He, they said, of course. My parents then had a large van, and it had bench seats in it. I sat in the very back. My younger brother sat in front of me. We drove to my grandparents. It just so happened that on the way to my grandparents, we were coming from Ohio to Pennsylvania. It took about two and a half hours. That on the way, we would pass by the home of the parents of the gentleman that I was seeing. So when we got there, as we were driving by, his car, with him in it, on a Saturday, passed us. I saw it. I was sitting up in the van. I was looking out the window. He wasn't dressed for business. I remember I stared out for a little bit, and then I laid down on that back bench in my parents' van because I didn't want my parents to see me upset. And I remember I laid down, and I had my head up, and I started talking to myself. I said, all right, Kathy, now what are you going to do? You know, it looked like, it looked like I had been lied to. And that wasn't the first gentleman that had ever lied to me. So as I was laying on that bench seat, looking up, I said, all right, Kathy, what are you going to do? And then I did something that I learned how to do when I was younger. I said, Kathy, what is really bothering you? What is really bothering you? Because it's not this situation. There is something that's really bothering you. And you know, I thought for a little bit, and what came out of my heart, frankly, surprised me. I said, you know what's really bothering me? I said, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I said, I don't see it, I don't feel it, and I don't believe it. That's what's really bothering me. That was a prayer. That was a prayer. I didn't know at the time, but that was my heart crying out. And I want to show you where God led me. He brought me here to water of life. But I want to show you some things. And we're going to go to John 3.16. But first, I want to go to Romans 3. And I'm going to read to you verse 4. This is Paul speaking. And he said, God forbid. Yay. Now look at these next, this next phrase. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true, 
but every man a liar. Look at those words. Let God be true. Let the word of God be true. Let it be true. And let every man be a liar. One of the biggest things I ever learned about following God was you cannot go on your feelings. You have to rely on the word of God. The word of God, as Jesus said, can never be broken. So it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you see. What matters is the word of God. Now, knowing that, let God be true. Let the word of God be true. And every man a liar. Your feelings a liar. Your circumstances a lie. If you will let that be. Now, let's go to John 3.16. John 3.16. I'm going to read two verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's one word in here I want us to see. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus didn't come on his own. The father gave him. Our heavenly father gave his son. Now look at verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Look at the word sent. For God sent his son. He sent his son. This is God. This is Jehovah. This is the Almighty. He gave his son. And he sent his son. God sent Jesus. Why? Not to condemn the world, but to save it. But to save it. Now, let's go to Acts 4. I'm going to read verse 27. For This is Peter speaking. He said, For a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. And look at this next verse. For to do whatsoever thy hand. This is Peter talking to the Father. To do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Peter knew that God was the one that sent Jesus. Peter also knew that everything that happened to Jesus was determined by God beforehand. The Father knew what was going to happen to Jesus. He's the one that set it up. Why? Why? Why did God predetermine what was going to happen to Jesus? For God so loved the world. For God so loved you that he sent, that he gave his only begotten son. That's why the father predetermined everything. Let's go to another verse. I'm going to go to Hebrews 10, 5. This is the writer of Hebrews speaking. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. This is the words of Jesus. Jesus said, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, when Jesus comes into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Who prepared Jesus a body? Who prepared a body for Jesus? Jehovah. 
our Father, prepared Jesus a body. Why? Why did the Father prepare a body for Jesus? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's why the Father prepared a body for Jesus. Let's look at something else. John 10, verse 18. This is Jesus speaking about his death. He said, no man taketh it from me. He's talking about his life, going to the cross. He said, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself, his own life. He's talking about his own life. He's talking about his walk to the cross. He's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. He knows where he's going. You know why? Because the Father told him. He knew everything. He knew what the Father had predetermined. And what does Jesus say about that death? He said, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Now look at this next sentence. This commandment. This commandment. It's a commandment to Jesus. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus was given a commandment to fulfill. Jesus was given a commandment to fill. And what did he fulfill? That he would lay down his life and that he had power to take it again. That was a commandment that he received of his father. Why? Why would Jesus receive a commandment from his father that said you have to lay down your life and you have to, the power to pick it up again? Why? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world was why he gave Jesus a commandment. You're going to lay down your life and you're going to pick it up again. If you remember a couple weeks back, I spoke on Jesus in the garden and Jesus knowing what was coming knowing the horrific pain he was going to go through, asked the father if he would remove the cup away. He told the father, he said, all things, all things are possible to you, father. All things are possible. Take away the cup. Take this away from me. It is possible that you could do this. Did the father take it away? No. No, father did not. What did Jesus say? Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will, but what you will, what was the Father's will? Go to the cross. It was the Father's will to go to the cross. Why? Why? You know, I'm a mother. I have four children. It is one thing to sacrifice something on your own. It is a whole different deal to watch your child being sacrificed. Why would the Father's will be that Jesus go to the cross? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why the father wanted Jesus to go to the cross. If you remember last week, I spoke about Jesus in hell where it says that Jesus speaking, he said, you put me in the lowest pit. He said, die, laid me in the lowest pit in hell. Die, laid me. The Father laid Jesus in the lowest pit in hell. Why? 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why. That's why he put Jesus in hell. Jesus was paying for our sin. He was paying for our poverty. He was paying for our rebellion against the Father. That's why Jesus was in hell. And that's why the Father raised him from the dead. Why did the Father raise Jesus from the dead? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You're at, you look at me and you say, you're being repetitive. You don't know what an overcoming I have overcome to even say that verse. For years, I didn't even want to say it for the reason I told you in the van. I didn't see it. I didn't believe it. I didn't feel it. The, the big answer there was I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. You know, it doesn't go by our feelings. We have to go by the Word of God. I didn't believe the Word of God. There's an end to that story. Ten years later, it was 1990, I believe. I was in my house. I was vacuuming my house, considering the things of God, considering the resurrection, considering the death, the burial of Jesus, that resurrection, what that resurrection did for me. And I, as I was sitting there vacuuming, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it hit me. It hit me. It hit me so hard, I went to my knees. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved Kathy that he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. He gave Jesus for Kathy. You know what? He gave his only begotten son for you. He gave him. Not only that, he sent him for you. I have a great song here. While it's playing, I'd like you to listen to it. I'd like it to minister to you about the love of God.
he loved you. He proved it. He proved it by sending his only begotten son. And it says in Romans 10, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. God's not your enemy. He's the one that sent his son. 
to him. Go to God. Talk to him. Confess that Jesus is your Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And you watch God save you. That's a promise from him. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the Internet at www.KathyDavidsonWOL.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.